And we're back. It's your boy, Matty G, the low-key OG, the Omega-3 Poppy. And I'm out here, as always, with Colby Patnode. What's going on, Colby? Not much, man, not much. Um, you know, baseball season is unfortunately over. Um, I know the small-minded people like Max really couldn't care about that. But, uh, you know, for us intelligent folk, uh, it's a sad day. So um, it's unfortunate. And, of course, Major League Baseball just trips over their own feet and can't even handle anything right on the final day of their season. There's a positive COVID test in the middle of a game, and they completely butcher that. And then the guy who tests positive for COVID, he runs back out onto the field to celebrate with his team without a mask. And it's just the whole thing was just ugh. It was, oh, uh, they had made it like 50 some odd days in a row without a positive test. And then they get one in the middle of the world series and they don't pull the guy right away. Um, they let him play an additional five innings before they pull him. So it's just, yeah, it's, um, so on that personal note, it's a bummer of a day, but, uh, you know, it's right in the heart of football season. Um, big brother finale night. So, uh, not, not too much to complain about. I mean, I'm just sitting here with my jaw on the floor. I didn't hear about that COVID thing with with uh, Major League Baseball. Who was it? Justin Turner. Wow, that's unbelievable. Well, yep. on that note, I guess real quickly, what did you think of uh, of the Dodgers winning? How did you feel about that? Uh, it's a little bittersweet. Uh, you guys may not know this, but uh, I do a Mariners podcast called the Control the Zone podcast. Um, right on the heels of doing the Soto Mojo podcast for about two years. So, uh, you know, obviously I talk a lot of baseball and back in July, right before the, uh, the league restarted, um, we did a podcast where we did our predictions, uh, for the year. And I actually, I nailed the world series. I had Tampa Bay for the American league. I had the Dodgers for the national league. Um, I picked Tampa Bay to win, I think in seven. Uh, way back in July, and they just couldn't quite get there. Um, so on a personal note, that was a bummer. Uh, but I, I think it's good for baseball that a team with the second highest payroll won, and specifically they beat a team with like a bottom five payroll. Um, you know, I was rooting for the Rays because I really like that organization. Um, plus, you know, Mike Zanino, former Mariner, and Blake Snell, he's from Washington State. Um, so you know, I, I was rooting for them. I've always kind of liked Tampa, uh, but I think it's better for baseball if, you know, a big market or a, uh, a high payroll team wins. Cause just maybe, just maybe it's a little bit of incentive for the rich white men who run the game to actually spend some money this winter. Um, but I doubt it. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's bittersweet. Like I said, I was rooting for Tampa, but I mean, the Dodgers were the best team all year from start to finish. So it's, it's a very uh, deserving championship and uh, I can't complain too much because the Dodgers are a really fun team too. Sure. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just grateful that they were able to, to finally work through their stalemate this summer and give something, something akin to a season to, uh, to the fans and, and that they actually made, you know, made a world series happen and got it done uh, before October was out. So anyways, all right, we've got plenty to talk about in terms of trades, in terms of, of pickups. So um, what we'll do is we'll st- go ahead and start with these trades and um, and then we'll get into this week's Waiver Wire Wednesday. So 
the first deal that we um, that we have on this week's slate of trades. Um, no surprise here. Brian's still um, busy at work here, and um, and he negotiates a, a deal here with Jake Smith, where Brian um, adds Sterling Shepard, Juju Smith Schuster, and DeAndre Swift. Um, and in exchange, he gives up Ryan Tannehill, C.D. Lamb, and Jalen Rager. Um, yeah. I've got yeah. some thoughts on this deal, but I'll I'll let you go ahead and, and tackle this one first. Uh, sure. Uh, Brian also got Cam Newton in the deal. Um, did he? It's not showing up on. Yep, he did. Oh, there we go. Yes. Okay, you're right. You're right. Also, Cam Newton. But the way that Cam Newton played last week, I'm not sure that he really counts. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, that was uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, kind of an interesting deal here. Um, anytime quarterbacks are swapped, uh, it it's always adds kind of a a level of intrigue to this thing. Uh, but Ryan Tannehill is you know has been really good since he got that starter's job, especially from a fantasy standpoint. Um, so, I mean, I, I think, you know, Jake gets a pretty clear upgrade over quarterback, uh, Newton really, you know, he was a target of mine coming into the year. I really like Cam Newton. Um, but he just has not looked the same since, uh, he got COVID right. Um, now he missed two weeks of practice and that's after pretty much an entire year of not playing football. So maybe there's a rebound coming, but based on what we've seen really since the Seattle game, um, Newton has been. Uh, let's say it. Bad. Yeah. I mean, he's, it's a clear downgrade from Tannehill. Um, so you kind of, you start looking around and you go, okay. Um, CD lamb has been one of those rookie wide receivers that has really broken out. But again, without Dak Prescott and now possibly without Andy Dalton this week, they're going to, was it Ben DiNucci? I think is his name. <laughs> um, or possibly going to him. We'll see if Dalton can make it back. But I mean, obviously that hurts his value a little bit. Uh, so I think, you know, I look at this trade and I say, okay, so Jake pays a little bit extra maybe for a quarterback upgrade uh, because Sterling Shepard and Juju Smith, Shepard's been hurt and Juju has been mediocre, um, let's say. Uh, and aside from this last week, I think he had 14 targets. Didn't really turn into a whole lot, but, uh, you know, those are two guys who are right now Wide receiver threes, I think it's fair to say. Um, CeeDee Lamb is kind of in that range with the injuries to the quarterbacks, but he's been better than both of those guys this year. And then, um, you know, Jake gives up DeAndre Swift for Jalen Rager. Rager's a nice lottery ticket uh, for Jake, but Brian gets Swift, who is going to start to see more run in that Detroit offense, and he's already started to see it. Um so, yeah, overall, I, I think, you know, the real prize of this deal for Jake is the quarterback bump. But I don't think he lost all that much in the wide receiver position. Um, and then the pretty much lottery ticket for lottery ticket swap uh, just to make it all fit and work for Brian. So um, I, I think, you know, the, I, to me, the question is, is the difference between Cam Newton and Ryan Tannehill worth giving up Sterling Shepard, basically? Um, and to me, the answer is yes. So uh, I think, you know, if we're, if we're grading the trade, I would give 
Jake gets like a a B plus and Brian gets a B, I think. Um, I, I, I don't know. What do you think? Well, so I think that what's interesting here is if you get the backstory that, you know, keep in mind just the week prior, Jake and, and Brian had made a deal and, and in that deal, Jake had acquired DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian regretted that. Brian Brian wished wished that he wouldn't have given up DeAndre Swift and right. and DeAndre Swift had sort of I guess you'd say his breakout game not this not this past week but the week the week after Brian flipped him and um, and so anyways or maybe it was this past week no it wasn't no 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 it was two weeks ago anyhow um, Brian regretted getting rid of DeAndre Swift so he wanted to get him back. Now you'll notice in this deal the only running back is DeAndre Swift and I think that, you know, I think that's sort of what I what I look at here is you know, Sterling Shepard is a guy who in a lot of leagues you could you could find on waivers. I maybe not anymore, but for the last few weeks he was out there because of his injury um in a lot of leagues. And and so a lot of people are running out there and grabbing him because he can make an impact here down the stretch. He, you know, here in this deal, Brian also sort of is speculating on a re- a bit of a rebound from Juju. And then he gets this running back that he really coveted and, and regretted um, letting go in the first place. And, and you're right. Like, what does it cost him? Well, he does downgrade at quarterback here. Um, but as far as CD lamb is concerned, you're 100% right to to mention that that you know without Dak what is CeeDee Lamb and not to say that he's not to say that he's you know nothing but surely the breakout we were seeing from him at the beginning of the year that's not who he's going to be with Dalton or or any other quarterback that's going to that's going to suit up with a star on their helmet um and but the the interesting thing here for for Jake is, in my opinion, Jalen Rager. Um, you know, I think that Jalen Rager is a really nice get here for Jake, along with 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 Tannehill. And so, um, I all things considered, when you grade it like a maybe maybe a B plus for for Jake and a B for Brian or whatever, that feels that feels about right to me. I feel like I feel like. Um, it's close. It is close, but um, it kind of comes down to a couple things here. Like, how much is the quarterback upgrade worth to you that you know that Jake got? And then also, like, how much do you value the depth? And also, like DeAndre Swift, the only running back in this deal. Um, really interesting deal, but I think that feels about right in terms of the grade. And I think I think based on the fact that. I like Tannehill more than Newton. Um, I think I would. I think I would agree that I would give just just the slightest of edges here to Jake in this particular deal. Um, shall we move forward to this next deal? Because I think that this <laughs> this one might spark a conversation. Yeah, it just might. Uh, just might do that. So uh, <laughs> yeah, let's let's go ahead. Let's uh, let's jump uh, jump into. I the next three trades kind of kind of yeah kind of sort of i mean Uh, so so let's let's do it 
let's just hop into our time machine and go back to Sunday, Sunday, which is supposed to be a, a glorious day of joy, happiness, peace, and tranquility. And and lo and behold, uh, Brian and or Stephen, I suppose <laughs> I suppose they both can shoulder some of the uh, responsibility here. Decided that they were going to disturb the peace with something that can. I mean, I don't know if it could be referred to anything less than just shenanigans. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you want to call this, but you know, th- th- this this could actually this this conversation right here has levels to it, which is too bad <laughs> because this is supposed to be a a show where we just talk about trades. All right, so let yeah. me let me just get into this, and li- and I'm just gonna just keep it a hundred because that's that's how Maddie G does it. So listen, listen up. Um. So my understanding is, and you wouldn't have known this at the time of the trade process, but just based on the way things developed, it sort of started to paint a clear a clearer picture. Um, Brian had a trade that was sent to him by Stephen. It is my understanding, maybe maybe I'm mistaken, but just from conversations I had had with had with Stephen leading up to to the weekend that he had been talking to Brian. Um, so I can only assume this is what they came up with, or maybe it was Steven's final counter offer or whatever it was. In any case, Brian decides in the middle of the, of the week on, uh, on Sunday that he's going to, he's going to press the button and that would be all good and well, except for the fact that Jarrell Henderson hadn't played. So Steven's game was to be decided and so all of a sudden, he's got a vacant spot in his lineup um, because he was he was planning on playing Henderson. And um, so, anyways, all of a sudden, Stephen comes out, and and what does he do? Does he does he say, "Well, shucks, my bad"? No, he doesn't. That's a great question, Colby. But no, he doesn't. Um, instead of saying, "Wow, you know what? I really screwed the pooch here. I really sh- when I when I made time on Sunday morning to take one final glance over my roster, instead of instead of you know taking accountability for my fantasy football team and canceling all my trade offers so that I don't get so that I don't play myself so that I don't get screwed. No, he didn't do that." He uh, hops up on the middle of the uh, in the middle of the the day, sees the trade process, sees he's got a vacant spot in his lineup, and all of a sudden, it's my fault. Oh, of course it's my fault. The rules in this league are garbage. Why is this the rules? That can you change that? It's like, listen, guys. The rules have always been the same. At least as far as that kind of a thing is concerned, and this isn't new, you know. You know, Scott and and Max went through the same the same exact ordeal. What was it? Not even what a week or two ago. The same, literally the same ordeal, same exact thing, and it actually in the end, it did cost Max. He would have gone two and zero. Instead, he goes zero and two. 
because he traded Herbert before Herbert played. Um, so, you know, but Steven, you know, clearly having, having some regrets as he, as he should have, um, because you don't want, you, let's just call it, let's just say it like this guys. Like, honestly, I mean, y'all should be able to figure this out on your own truthfully, but you don't want to make trades in the middle of a week. You don't want to do it. So, so maybe we could learn from this, from this, from this fiasco here, you know, and what I like to refer to as the Durrell debacle. Uh, maybe we can learn from this, and so now everybody knows when you when you have it in your mind that oh I need to set my lineup on Sunday morning. I want you to add to your your short list of responsibilities relating to fantasy football. Cancel all trade offers. Just and then if we do that, we'll never have to see another Darrell debacle ever again. At least we shouldn't have to. So anyhow, long story short, uh, we have this we have this conversation on the league chat. It's just a big it's just a big mess. And in the end, Brian despite the fact that he didn't have to do this, uh, he trades he trades Darrell Henderson back to Steven so Steven can use him for the week. And Steven agrees because of his um, you know because of his his good gesture, his positive gesture here, um, he'll when they when he sends Darrell Henderson back, he'll add five fab. Um, and that's exactly the way it went. So in the end, let's talk about the actual deal itself. Steven adds Mike Evans and Marquise Val- Marquise- Marquez Valdez-Scantling, MVS. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brian adds Darrell Henderson and LaVisca Chanel. Um, so I guess since I've spent plenty of time talking now, I don't know if you have anything to add to, you know, all my, you know, four, you know, foreground stuff on this deal. But nonetheless, if you want to just hop into this deal, or if you have something to add to what I said previously about essentially um, fantasy ethics and and personal responsibility as it pertains to team management, the floor is yours. Um, I'll just I'll just talk about the trade a little bit. Um, so yeah, uh, first things first, uh, Marquez Val. Marquez Valdez, uh, Scantling, absolutely irrelevant in this discussion. Um, he means nothing uh, to anybody, really, except for his family, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but so basically, the deal is Mike Evans for uh, Darrell Henderson. Is it Darrell or Daryl? I think it's Darrell. Okay, I think I've heard both, but whatever. We'll go with Darrell and uh, Chenault. Um, this is interesting to me because after we stopped the recording last week we talked about mike evans in regards to a guy who is um i don't remember exactly he he was a he was a sell high which sounds weird because it's mike evans but we talked specifically about the touchdown luck that evans has had um in which he has i think it's three touchdowns from inside the two yard line um 
that's kind of ridiculous. He had six on the year. Half of them came from inside the two. Um, he had games where he just wasn't even targeted. And I think for the last two games in a row, he's collected two targets in each game. Um, so if that's not a touchdown, which it hasn't been for the last couple of weeks, that's a big issue. So um, Evans is, he's not, you know, he's not safe. I don't want to say, I, I, I think at the end of the year, we're going to look up and we're going to see Evans is probably a number two wide receiver, but he's not a number one. And there's just very little evidence that Brady has this connection with him. Um, and now they've added Antonio Brown. So I think, I think selling Mike Evans um, was a pretty good idea by Brian. I, I don't think Steven really overpaid per se for Mike Evans. He didn't pay. Uh, I would say he didn't pay for name brand Mike Evans, right? He didn't, he didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does, he does give up a little something here. I mean, uh, Henderson for as messed up as that Rams backfield has been, he's been like the guy that you could, you know, trust starting on a regular basis. Um, so that's obviously, you know, a, a pretty big deal there. I think, I think Henderson's probably a number two running back, maybe on the lower end, but he's, he's a number two for now. Um, and then Chenault has been a, mm, he's been okay. Um, some ups, some downs, uh, really the, the difference between him and, uh, Evans right now is that Evans has six touchdowns and Chenault only has one. Um, but you look at the yardage and the targets and all that stuff, it's, it's pretty close. So, um, I, I think, you know, Brian did pretty well here. Uh, Steven gets a high upside guy, but I, I think he paid a little bit too much for touchdown luck. We'll see if that continues throughout the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, for the last two weeks, Evans has four combined targets and Tampa's adding Antonio Brown. Um, Rob Gronkowski is getting more involved. So I don't know what Evans is going to look like at the end of the year. I think it's a reasonable risk for Steven to take. Um, but I think it was pretty, uh, pretty smart on Brian's part to get out from, from Mike Evans. And if that's the best he can do, then that's the best you can do. And you, you kind of take it and go from there. See, so I loved, I love one thing that you said in there a lot. And I think that it's, I think that it's very important to say it exactly the way that you did, which is you said that, Steven didn't pay for name brand Mike Evans. See, now that's important. And the reason why that's important is because there's a lot of people who are going to look at at a deal like this. If we want to just get rid of, you know, MBS and Chenault in this deal, and let's just talk about Evans and Henderson. Um, You know, a lot of people would say, wait, so you're telling me that you traded, all you had to give was Darrell Henderson and you got Mike Evans? And that's because Mike Evans is a name branded fantasy football and Darrell Henderson is not. Um, and so a lot of people would say, you know, I don't think Brian got nearly enough. But the bottom line is, and this is the, just the truth of the matter, if you're looking at the results, what, what are you going to get in fantasy football right now, especially if you want a running back? What are you going to get that's better than Darrell Henderson in exchange for Mike Evans? So I think I think that Brian actually did just about as well as you as you possibly could hope to do, considering the fact that all the things that you're saying about the Tampa situation are true. I, you know, you got to think like I mean, obviously this week Godwin's already been ruled out, so that's good news if you have Mike Evans, of course. But the bad news is is that you know 
Mike Evans, or excuse me, Godwin will probably be back next week because the only reason he's out this week is because he uh, broke a finger, supposedly broke a finger last week when he caught a touchdown. He's already had surgery for it. No big deal. Bang, bang. He'll be back probably, I would think, next week. Um, And, of course, that's also when Antonio Brown is joining the receiving core. So, really what it comes down to is, this is 100% the time to be selling Mike Evans, I would I would think. And it's not the time to be buying, in my opinion. And the reason is simple. The reason is just that probably what you're going to see with all of those targets in Tampa is you just, you know, these guys are going to have spike weeks and they're going to have they're going to have weeks where where they're seemingly nowhere to be found. It's going to be just a, a volatility roller coaster experience with those Bucks receivers. And yeah. and you, you just don't know. Is this going to be the Mike Evans week? Is this going to be the AB week? Is this going to be the Godwin week? And that's not what you're hoping for when you think about you're buying name brand Mike Evans. Well, I hate I hate to say it, but um, you know, barring Barring something unforeseeable right now, like, you know, season-ending injuries to, you know, one or two tar- of these of these names here in the, in the receiving core, you know, assuming that they can have some semblance of health, um, you're not going to get name-brand Mike Evans production because there's just too many, there's just too many mouths to feed in Tampa Bay. And so I think that, you know, in my view, as 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 ugly as the, or I guess fr- as as frustrating as the running back rotation in in LA has been, Henderson is the most reliable of the bunch, and so for me, I would rather have Darrell Henderson, but from a pure value standpoint, it was I think fair value. For both sides. So if Steven would rather have the receiver, he wants to gamble on Evans and the lack of health that they've had among their among that receiving core, um, you know, and Brian clearly wants the running back, then everybody wins in this deal. But for me, I would I would personally rather have Jarrell Henderson. Yeah, uh, I think I would agree. But I also agree that it's it's kind of a, a personal preference thing. Like it's not it's not an obvious uh, you know, for lack of a better term, it's not an obvious win for either guy in terms of value. Sure. Like I said, I, I agree. I do think it's fair value. So, all right, let's get into this next one. And before we get into this one, some people might think, oh, I can't wait to hear this one. And some other people. Uh, some other people might be like, oh, I don't know about all this. I don't know if I want to listen to this. I'll say it like this. Don't hear me wrong. I'm not salty. I'm not salty. But I'm just going to, like I said, I'm just I'm just going to keep it 100. This next deal was Colby and, and Derek, um, I think on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and it was, you know, Colby gets T. Higgins for Sam Darnold. Nancy Reagan. Now, here's the deal. On the one hand, 
Colby really deserves, in my view, really deserves this from the perspective of how many other people even even realized that Derek wasn't going to have any quarterbacks that you know this upcoming week and and ultimately it does sort of feel like that was what led to Derek pulling the trigger on this deal so caps off to you for you know for having the the foresight and for having the you know for going out of your way really to to realize that and to see an opportunity and to and to take advantage of it now with that being said what is there really to say about this deal you know now let me be clear i'm not salty because because i wasn't going to offer i wasn't going to trade a quarterback i wasn't going there's no way that i was going to beat this offer so i can't be salty about it because despite the fact that the way that i view this is i mean you fleeced him you know, really, I mean, that's what it is. It was an old-fashioned hustle move. But I respect the hustle. I respect the hustle, you know. The bottom right. line is, it's like, T. Higgins isn't going anywhere. T. Higgins is a rookie, sure, but Cincinnati's not going to stop throwing the football. If anything, T. Higgins might get more valuable. Imagine, imagine a scenario, perhaps they trade A.J. Green. Do I think that's likely? I don't know that I would say that it's likely, but it's possible. And, you know, but nonetheless, like, Cincinnati's throwing the ball a lot. That's not going to change. Their defense is trash. Um, And Higgins, as a rookie, is having a nice year. And Sam Darnold is a quarterback. I mean, what, did Derek just learn nothing from, from watching Sam Darnold? Literally, you would have been better off this last week in your Superflex not playing Darnold. He not literally scored he literally scored negative points. And yeah. and so and so what? So Derek has no quarterbacks this upcoming week. He makes a deal where he sells T Higgins, a really promising, you know, exciting young receiving option. He flips him for Sam Darnold on the sorry ass Jets, you know, and and so what what is it exactly about a matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs? That, you know, with Sam Darnold, that's supposed to get him so excited. I mean, I suppose on the one hand, you could say, Garbage well, time, baby. yeah, I'm, I'm, I suppose on the one hand, you could say, well, he's a volume play. Clearly, he's going to get volume because the Chiefs are going to blow the Jets out of the building. I mean, that's that's no secret. But at the flip side, you could say, well, more volume means more opportunity to turn over the ball. And so realistically... You could make an argument that, oh, Darnold has potential to be sneaky good. Yeah, he also has potential to self-destruct. And next thing you know, Derek would have been better off playing no quarterbacks at all in his lineup. So this is a deal that this is – and we've seen a lot of deals this year. I can't, I can't think of a single deal I've seen all year long where it was more obvious from the jump one side – I would I'll put everything I have on one side. Higgins is an asset and it is a super flex league so technically Darnold needs to be owned. But what I call him an asset that would you'd be hard pressed to call him an asset. Sure. In my view. So anyways, yeah. I'm not asking you to defend yourself. You didn't do anything wrong. 
you know, you went out there, you saw an opportunity, you took advantage of it. Good for you. I wish that I had, I wish that I had a Sam Darnold to turn into a T Higgins, but I, I don't have that. Unfortunately, um, you know, hell of a deal for you. And, um, like I said, in the end, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Darnold is just fine. Maybe he's just fine the rest of the year. Maybe he's just fine this week. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> the process was really was awful here. It was non-existent in my view. So right. um, what are your thoughts here? <laughs> um, okay, wow. Uh, um, so obviously, you know, uh, T. Higgins is a guy who's uh, kind of, you know, building a nice rapport with a rookie uh, quarterback. Joe Burrow, it's something he appears to be taking more and more snaps from AJ Green. And on top of that, like you said, the Bengals are in three set or three receiver set, four receiver set a lot because their defense is so bad and it just got worse today. Um, well, actually, probably not because they weren't playing Dunlap, which I, I can't figure out. Um, it's the Bengals. But when it, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> but when it comes to Higgins, you know, the thing that, that I liked, he's had at least five targets in uh in every game since week two uh he's play which is when he actually kind of became a starter uh he's played you know the last six weeks 65 percent 81 percent 57 percent 81 percent 81 percent 84 percent of the snaps um you know he's had what we have here uh, four weeks of seven or more targets in a row until last week when he only had five targets but he caught all five for 71 yards and a td um, so yeah, obviously, you know, I like Higgins. Uh, the reason I knew Derek had the, the buy situation coming up is that, um, I have probably sent roughly 25 offers to Derek, um, throughout the course of this year. Uh, so I, I was pretty well familiar with his team and his bye week situation. Um, I initially kind of remember that he had Gardner Minshew and Minshew, there was a report that oh, maybe Jacksonville benches him. And, well, I don't really buy that because, I mean, Mike Lennon, really? You're going to bench Gardner Minshew for Mike Lennon? Um, I don't really buy that, but it did. Okay, well, maybe he's a little nervous about that. So I go and I look and double check. And, you know, obviously Fitzpatrick loses his job. Um, so he's not starting. And then both Watson and Minshew have week eight buys. So, yeah, um, threw out an offer out there. Um, he accepted. And, uh, yeah, I, like I said, it's a little bit of planning ahead, a little bit of luck and, uh, it, uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I think, uh, I got a guy who, um, flex play, maybe even a low end wide receiver too, uh, going forward. And I got it for a guy who I just, after this last week, I was just never going to start. I will, I will go ahead and I will start, you know, a non quarterback in the flex when Matt Ryan goes on his bye. Um, uh, because it, it literally cost me, um, you know, it's funny, Darnold, I, I was checking in early on Sunday and Darnold, I believe started that game like eight for 10 for a hundred yards. And I was like, Oh damn, look at that. Sam Darnold doing stuff. And then I think he finished like with a 50% completion percentage and like 125 yards <laughs> and two interceptions. So, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was time to kind of give that up. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's frustrating. The last two weeks I've had a combined nine turnovers on my team. Uh, oh. You guys can do the math on that. That's minus 36. Uh, 
and uh, you know it sucks that Kirk Cousins is kind of responsible for most of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just I, I couldn't. I'm not I'm not doing that again with a bad quarterback in my super flex. I think if I had started just about anybody on my bench, I would have had a shot to at least get a median win. Uh, I wasn't beating Cam. He 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 went on a tear. Um, so it is what it is. But uh, I'm pretty happy with the trade. Uh, and I mean, I don't know. You may think the process is bad on Derek's part, but uh, I actually like the process for myself. Um, so uh, yeah, you know, I I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I kind of beat beat people to the punch on this. Um, I know TJ was shopping Kyle Allen last week. Uh, unfortunately for TJ and me, really, um, I had an opportunity to trade for Kyle Allen uh, for Sam Darnold, and I said no. And well, that looked like a really bad idea. And then I made this trade and I'm, I'm pretty happy that I said no, even though it probably cost me a mat win um, this or may have cost me a mat win this week. So uh, yeah, sometimes things work out. Sure. I was going to say, you know, I'm glad that you brought up Kyle Allen because all I know is, is that um, it probably would have cost Derek less than T Higgins to get Kyle Allen off of TJ, but, but that's, but that's none of my business. Well, so. it's also doesn't help Derek because Kyle Allen is on bye this week. Fair enough. Week eight bye. Fair enough. I mean, but you do make a good point though that I didn't really think about about um, you know Fitzpatrick lost his job, mm-hmm. Minshew could could potentially lose his job, and so maybe for Derek he's like you know what, Darnold as as sorry as he is, at least he's going to have a job. And so if you're playing the long-term game, then I understand why maybe he goes ahead and he grabs Darnold, but it might not hurt him to to try to get both, really. Yeah, a uh, little bit of a little bit of insurance. Yeah, I not, don't know. Not it's it's like the general insurance, like it's not it's not all state or anything. It's it's, you know, it's the general, but uh it's better than nothing, I suppose. And I mean, he's got some wide like I don't want to say as great wide receiver depth, but he does still have Cooper and Cup. Um and you know, pretty actually a pretty decent running back stable. Um and he's gonna get healthier uh when Chubb comes back. So uh yeah, I, I get Derek, you know, wanting to buy a little bit of insurance there. And Higgins probably viewed as um you know a luxury that uh Derek just uh just couldn't afford. Sometimes you got to you got to sell the Xbox to pay for the car insurance. Yeah, I guess. I mean, even if I it mean, is car insurance. It's it's impossible to really answer this question now because you know that you you made this deal happen and you got T Higgins. But let's suppose that we didn't know that. And let's suppose that that didn't happen and Derek sees your trade offer and he counters and he says, you know what? I really like T. Higgins. I don't want to trade him for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's not even very good. But how about I send you a boatload of fab? Does that get it done? It might have. Yeah. I think uh, that's because that's what I think that he should have done, in my opinion. But that's just right. me. Yeah, I think that's a fair criticism. Um, plus. How much fab is Derek? Isn't he still in like the nineties? Eighty four dollars. Yeah, he's up there. He just made a he just made another um, acquisition 
on waivers finally this week. But you're right. Before before this before this last week of uh, waivers ran, uh, he was over ninety bucks. Yep. So yeah, uh, Fab probably would have gotten it done, but I mean, well, it depends on how much. There you go, Derek. Now you know. I know it doesn't help you now, but <laughs> maybe next time. Ignore the haters, Derek. <laughs> Um, all right, we have one more trade before we hop into um, Waiver Wire Wednesday. So this last deal happened uh, yesterday, last night, and it was, you know, obviously our good buddy Scott lost uh, OBJ for the year. So, yep. so he went ahead and made this deal here with TJ where he trades away Miles Sanders and Boston Scott for Antonio Gibson and Marquise Hollywood Brown. So what are your thoughts on this deal? Uh, So to uh, simplify, as we like to do, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles run game for Marquise Brown and Antonio Gibson. I feel like it's a pretty good uh, value trade for Scott. Um, Of course, you know, I'm a big fan of Antonio Gibson. I was when he was in the draft. Uh, I wanted Seattle to take him. Uh, so, and he's playing pretty darn well so far. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to be, you know, 100%, uh, you know, 100% unbiased, I guess is the word. Um, but Gibson looks really good this year. However, I think the thing that may have been the driving force here from TJ uh, is that Gibson has a week eight bye. And if you look at TJ's roster, um, that's an issue. Uh, he has on by this week, he has Kyle Allen, Kyler Murray, uh, Christian Kirk, Kerry McLaurin, and Chris Carson's unlikely to play. So, yeah, he uh, he's hurting this week. Um, you know, so it's always tough when you make a trade for one week although I don't think TJ necessarily did that, if that makes sense. But yeah, if, if, you know, sometimes you just look at it, you go, Hey, you know, the deal's close, the value's close and it helps me this week. Um, sometimes that's the tipping point. So uh, we'll see what, what happens there. Um, but I think the, the week eight buy and just the, the tonnage of talent that is on TJ's bench this week, I think that was probably the driving force here. And again, it, it's not like he got nothing. Miles Sanders is a really good football player and Boston Scott is more than, uh, more than, you know, a more than capable handcuff. And, uh, he's a pretty good player himself. And as long as Sanders is out this week, which I think he will be, then you should be fine with Scott, uh, starting Scott as your, uh, your number two running back. Unfortunately, TJ, I think is kind of forced to have him as his de facto number one. Um, so for me, this deal, it comes down to Marquise Brown. Uh, this deal is going to be won or lost, more or less, on Marquise Brown, who's been, I I think, disappointing. I think it's fair to say Marquise Brown has been a disappointment this year. Um, but obviously the talent and the speed and that offense are all very appealing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to come down to that for Scott. Uh, but I, I think this is a pretty fair deal. I agree. You know, I think that, you know, the interesting thing here is that from a name brand standpoint, you would think that Miles Sanders would be 
light years ahead of Antonio Gibson. That hasn't really proven to be the case. Now, in fairness, there's been moments this year where you know Sanders has has struggled with injury and whatnot. Um, but Antonio Gibson is a really nice player. He's emerged. He's emerged this year, um, awfully quickly, and um, so I think that while I'll give a slight edge at the running back position, of course, to Miles Sanders over Gibson, it's it might be closer than people think, and um, and Hollywood is going to be just a just a perfect OBJ replacement for for Scott it'll be almost like OBJ never left you know because you got a player who who you know has that has a name has all of this hype behind him um but he's just not he's just not producing at the level that you know that would really warrant all of the talk and you know that being said like Hollywood's had some games just that's in this just in the same way that OBJ was going to be the same. The way people talk about OBJ, oh man, he must be going he must be getting off every week. No. Maybe maybe New York Giants uh OBJ, but that's about 3 years in the rearview mirror and um this iteration of OBJ had one game this season of consequence and it was against Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um you know, now in fairness to Hollywood, he's had more than than just one nice game. So, um, you know, Scott Scott needed a, a receiver. I know that TJ had has been trying to pedal Hollywood since he drafted him. Yep. Finally, he's able to get him off the team, and Scott gets what he wants. He just wanted another receiver, and I don't think he loses too much uh, at running back here. Um, so I think it was a, I think it was a, a win-win from that perspective. I think everyone kind of, everyone's kind of happy and, and got what they wanted out of the deal. Yeah, um, I would agree. All right, let's move into waivers. But before we go into this week's of waivers, I do think that, and, and in fairness, like we have more information now than we did when this, when the pickup happened, but I just wanted to get your thoughts um, the, the day after waivers processed last week was when the AB news dropped. Um, and I, I bid $38 and got AB when he didn't have a team yet. The rumors were he was potentially going to go to Seattle. The second highest bid, I believe was $9. Um, so I know that things have changed since then because turns out AB is not going to Seattle. He's going to Tampa Bay. We know that now. So things have changed a lot. We have more information, but in any case, what did you think of what did you think of that pickup at the time? And um and what do you think about, you know, what do you think what do you expect from AB in Tampa Bay? Right. Um so I, <laughs> uh, my first initial thought when I saw that you were the one to buy him, um, a not surprised you had all that fab, um, and I knew you you kind of have to start getting aggressive with it at some point, um, and 
Antonio Brown is kind of the the perfect guy to get aggressive with imaginary money. Um, and again, like you said, when you picked him up, he didn't have a team yet. We weren't really sure. Sounded like it was going to be Seattle, ended up being Tampa. But my second thought after, you know, a total lack of surprise that it was you who bought him, my second thought was, I wonder what he's going to get from Tyler uh, after he trades him. Uh, after after uh, Brown, unfortunately, signs with the Seahawks. I wonder what, what Matt's going to gouge Tyler for. Um, so <laughs> that was kind of my second thought. Uh, in terms of fantasy um, aspect, I think, you know, it's, it's a pretty good offense right now. Um, I think uh, Brady looks good right now. We'll see how he looks at the end of the year. Uh, I, I, I think it's a, a worthwhile risk. It's a gamble. Uh, you, have, you only have to sit on him for, what is it, two weeks, as opposed to, say, drafting Kareem Hunt last year and having to sit on him for eight weeks. Um, so it's, it's a lot easier to, to swallow that pill. Um, and yeah, I mean, Brady obviously advocated for him. Um, so I, I I think it will be interesting to see. I think he's going to probably dig into, into targets, uh, probably from Godwin would be my guess because Evans doesn't really get that many targets. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm not a hundred percent, I'm not a hundred percent sure that Brown is going to be a a fantasy asset this year. Um, you know, I, I think not playing football for a year and a half, that's going to be, that's going to cause some issues. I think, I don't know for sure, but it seems like it would definitely increase the likelihood of hamstring pulls or groin pulls or whatever, right? Some kind of soft tissue injury um, to just go out there and try to be explosive right away. Uh, I question, you know, how much Antonio Brown still has left. The last time we saw him play, he looked pretty good. But again, that was a year and a half ago. So I, I kind of question, you know, whether or not he's going to be a, a guy that you're going to feel good about putting in your lineup every week. But as a lottery ticket, um, it's it's really the perfect play to get aggressive with it. And, uh, you know, you were kind of the only guy to get super aggressive. You're also kind of one of the only guys that could afford to get super aggressive on Antonio Brown. Um and I'm using the term super aggressive pretty liberally. So uh, I think it was a, I would think it was a smart move and I'm just, I'm kind of upset. I didn't pick him up for $0 the day before knowing that the NFL is run by scumbags and they weren't going to have any issue bringing a guy like Antonio Brown back uh, into the NFL. So uh, yep. I, I thought it was a pretty good move on your part. Sure. I actually agree with you. I try, I, I really give myself a hard time whenever I have like a mental lapse because I feel like, you know, it's hard enough to win in fantasy, but it's even harder when you beat yourself. Yep. And you have to give yourself every chance to to succeed out here. And so I do agree with you. There, you know, the people who picked AB up for $0 are far and few between. The people who were ahead of the curve. But those are the real sharks in this game. And, mm-hmm. um, and I try to be like them. But I wasn't. I wasn't on the cutting edge. I had to wait for that news to drop. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a second. A-B's, A-B is going to play, you know? And I was like, whoa. So I, so at that point, it, you know, obviously every fantasy league that he was available in, he suddenly overnight becomes the, the you know, the waiver wire prize of the, of the week. And... Um, 
So, anyways, long story short, I think at the time, $38 for A.B. when he didn't have a team seemed like a, an overpay. Now that we have a little bit more information, he's landed in Tampa. It looks like the league's not going to suspend him further, even though they could. I feel like if they were going to do that, they would have already done that. Um, so assuming that that's actually the case, 38 for AB, now that I know that he's in Tampa, I feel like that feels a lot more like a bargain than an overpay. Um, I think it's a, I think it's like, maybe best case scenario in terms of landing spot. Um, and I want to just ask a quick question because it's a thought I had. You said you said there wasn't a lot of other people who could afford to get aggressive. Well, Derek and Steven, surely, surely they could have. Yep. And probably should have. Yep. Um, and my thought now is, now that I thought about that, you know, Steven just got done trading Darrell Henderson for Mike Evans. Rest of season, would you would you rather have Antonio Brown or Mike Evans? Um, probably Mike Evans, but I don't feel good about it at all. Like that speaks volumes. That's all I need yeah. to hear. I think yeah. I think I would I think I would rather have Antonio Brown, but I might be a little bit more bullish on what on on expectations. Um, for Antonio Brown because I actually think that I actually think that he really is going to be a thing. Is he going to be Pittsburgh Antonio Brown? Well, I'm not ready to go that far, but I think he's going to be a factor for sure. Um, and so we'll see. We we will see. But I just wanted to get your thoughts real quick on that since uh, since I do feel like it was a. Uh, sort of a big thing that happened in fantasy, but since it didn't have happen on a conventional waiver wire Wednesday, um, we weren't able to address it yet. But what we can address is last night's waiver wire Wednesday, um, a lot of action. I don't know that it was all maybe the most consequential, but there's, you know, all things considered in my view, some interesting names. Okay. So, first things first. The um, the top the top player off the off the board here, or the most expensive in any in any case, I bid twelve dollars on Rashard Higgins, and Scott was the second high bid at eleven dollars. Of course, as we know, and as I've already said on this pod, OBJ done for the year, um, torn ACL, and so that means we're probably not going to see OBJ maybe maybe at all even next year. And if we do see him next year, it's not going to be the start of the year in all likelihood. So in any case, um, any thoughts on Richard Higgins? Because I know a lot of people would just say, meh, next, okay, and I get it. You know, low-volume low passing offense. Maybe you don't love the player. Not, not Certainly not the the name value of of an OBJ. But um, the targets are going to be there. Not a lot. Maybe not a lot. Maybe not the most targets in the league. Maybe not a Seattle offense target target share. But um, somebody's got to catch balls from, from uh, Faker, the 101 mistaker. <laughs> That's right. Um, 
Yeah, not much to say. You know, he's just kind of a lottery ticket. He's a starting wide receiver in the NFL right now and in our league, in our format. That's a guy who probably needs to be owned. Um, I did like that you bid $12 because Scott only had 11 Um I don't know if that's specifically why you bid 12, but uh, it, it was, uh, it's pretty cool whenever you see, uh, you know, because it, it doesn't happen that often. You see a, a bidding war where the winner is just one or $2 ahead of the second place team. Um, we don't normally see that small of separation. Uh, so those are always kind of fun to look at and say, oh, look, these two guys really wanted him. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think Higgins, you know, again, a guy who has to be owned. Um, and, it, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you're going to start him right away or if you're just going to wait and see, but, uh, yeah, he's, he definitely needs to be on a roster right now. Yeah. So, so the reason, the reasoning for, for adding Higgins is, is a couple things and I don't want to talk your ear off here, but long story short here, um, I was going to have Edelman in the flex this week, but the Patriots offense has been so bad for so many weeks in a row. I feel like the most prudent way to proceed is to set Edelman on the bench and and let him prove it. You know, the volume hasn't been there. Really, he's had the game against Seattle. And I do think he can rebound. Um, and I agree that I don't think that, that um, you know, is Cam Newton really this bad? Is the Patriots offense really going to be this bad? I, I think you got to think it's going to get better at some point sooner rather than later. Um, but I just kind of felt like Higgins, he's going to get targets. I think that this this matchup against the Raiders, that's actually going to be, I think, uh, a really underrated game in terms of, well, really probably in terms of the quality of the game itself, but also in terms of scoring. And, um, and so I think that I just feel better about having him in, in my lineup as a flex as opposed to Edelman right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think a lot of people would disagree with that, but I'm sorry. What have you seen from Julian Edelman this year that makes you feel so good about about him? Because, um, like I said, outside of that Seattle game, it hasn't been pretty, and that's that's putting it nicely. Um, so this next pickup was David Moore for nine dollars to Tyler. No other bids on him. I'm. Not really sure why he bid $9. He didn't have to do that. Um, he just threw the rest of his money out there, locked up David Moore. He wants a piece of the Seattle offense, too. And so he went out there and he got it. And, um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. I mean, if you're going to talk, like, conventional, you know, was it was it the shrewdest move ever? Maybe not. That's not why Tyler did it. He wanted. He wants. He wants a Seahawks receiver. So he went and got one. He knows he's not going to trade for Metcalf or Lockett, and so now he's got that that coveted Russell Wilson to David Moore stack. <laughs> um, a stack that's burned him once before this year, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh... You know, it's it's not what I would. It's not advisable to spend the rest of your fab on David Moore and Curtis Samuel. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, 
you know, obviously, you know, Hopkins is on by and Michael Gallup hasn't been great and Debo's out this week. Um, so yeah, I, I like, I get you want, you need that wide receiver. You need those wide receivers. You need flex guys. Cause you have some bye weeks and some injuries issues, but, uh, yeah, I just, it's, it's just feels a bit like an overpay for overpay's sake. That's you're exactly right. I don't disagree with that at all. Although I will say this to Tyler's credit. He had a massive overpay on Cole Beasley, but at least Cole Beasley's kind of paying off. I mean, he still shouldn't have overpaid for him, but good on him for having for for for, yeah. for getting Cole Beasley. Yeah, um, you, you never know when David Moore is going to catch three passes for you know 78 yards and two touchdowns. It's just kind of what David Moore does. It's just that you could have you could have probably swooped him up for free. And, and, and you would have known that even without the benefit of hindsight. It's certainly not $9, but yeah, it's fab. So, I mean, it although is what the, it league's, is. the league's kind of running dry on fab right now. It's Most, getting, a lot of the teams are getting really tight. So it's uh, getting there quick. Yep. Um, the next one here is Scotty Miller to TJ for $7. The second high bid was, uh, was me at $6. Um, mm-hmm. And Garza also threw five at Scotty Miller. So obviously this one, this one's obvious. The reason that you pick up Scotty Miller right now is because the, the bucks ruled out uh, Godwin early. And so, you know, Scotty Miller is, is going to get targets against the giants this week. And AB is not eligible to play until week nine. So Scotty Miller is going to be the number two receiver for Tom Brady this week against the Giants. So really, a bargain. $7 for Scotty Miller is a bargain for TJ. There's real upside here. There is also sneaky downside, but there's real upside here. So I actually think right. Scotty Miller needs to be needs to be rostered in all leagues. Maybe not in like 10-team leagues, but like any serious leagues, sure. Any serious leagues, yes. Yeah. Who plays uh, in yeah. a 10-team league? Um, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't think I do, but I, I can't rule it out entirely. Um, yeah, I mean, $7 for a starter that TJ really needs this week. It's a pretty good deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Derek adds Nelson Aguilar for $7. Mm-hmm. Finally spending some more fab. The second high bid was me at $6. Um, Nelson Aguilar is maybe breaking out is he breaking out you tell me is he breaking out it kind of looks like maybe he is i know that his before the buy his target his target totals were were well they were more than four yeah they weren't they weren't big at all but four targets once yeah i mean but this last week, he has nine targets against Tampa Bay. Goes for 107 yards and a touchdown. He does have four touchdowns on the year. He mm-hmm. scored it in the last three games that he's played. Um, I I don't know. I mean, if nothing else, if you want to play Nelson Aguilar just this week at Cleveland, I mean, it's you could do worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Fuck Nelson Aguilar forever. Uh, 
homeboy dropped an easy touchdown pass from Carson Wentz last year. Almost knocked me out of the playoffs, if not for a miraculous week 13. Uh, fuck that dude. So, well, there you go. Uh, That's how you feel. Did I stutter? <laughs> okay, well, there you go, guys. That's that's all Colby has to say about Nelson Aguilar. Um, moving on, Jalen Hurts gets added by Jake Smith. Jake Smith for five dollars. No other bids on on Jalen Hurts. Um, Brian adds. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce this one. <laughs> Albert O is what I call him. Yep, Albert O to Brian for five dollars. Um, there were some more bids on him. Actually, quite, quite a few, few bids. Quite a few bids, really. So a surprising number of bids. Alberto, uh, you know, just because of how, how ugly um, or how tough it's been for so many teams to find interesting tight end options. Um, not a bad sort of speculative pickup. He's been, he's been solid these last two weeks. So I know that maybe that won't continue with Noah Fant continuing to get healthier but but maybe it does so yeah um, uh i this is interesting because you actually had the highest bid on him uh you just didn't have the roster spot open anymore yeah so so i brian brian asked me about that so what happened was all the guys that you see that i bid on mm-hmm. all of them were attached to dropping alex smith it's right. just that it's just that it's because I wanted to make sure that I had somebody to play in the flex instead of Julian Edelman. Right. Um, so that's what's going on here. Um, I just picked out the guys that I thought were great, at least spot starts for the next week, and then I had. But my high bid was clearly um, was clearly Higgins, and so because yeah. that's the guy that I wanted the most, just for for the long term, the long haul here. Um, anyways, so Brian doesn't get Higgins, but he does get Donovan Peoples Jones, rookie wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. Um, any thoughts on Donovan Peoples Jones? No, just a lottery ticket that Scott is probably hoping beats out Rashad Higgins. Um, and you know, it's just kind of common trope. You lose, you lose a player, right? You go and you get the guy who you think is going to be his replacement. Um, maybe that's Donovan people Jones. It's probably Higgins, but we'll see. Fair enough. And then, and I'm going to be honest right here. Well, at, at least let me say it. Let me say it like this. At least when TJ picked him up, DJ Dallas for $0 was actually the pickup of the week because heading into waiver wire Wednesday, the news that we had at hand was that Carlos Hyde was dealing with a hamstring. And so it would have been easy to speculate, hey, wait a second, maybe he doesn't play. We already know Homer's banged up and Carson might not play. Maybe DJ Dallas is the is the only guy. Um, so to get if that's the way it would have played out, which now it's looking like Hyde will be fine. But... If that's the way that it would have played out, DJ Dallas as a spot starter against the 49ers, while while maybe not the best spot in the world, if you're going to have all the touches to yourself in the Seattle backfield, to get an opportunity to plug that guy in for $0, 
I mean, damn. Yeah. But that's not the, that's for unfortunately for TJ, that's not the way that it looks like it's it's gonna you know it's gonna well, work we'll out as far as as far as the way that's developed this you know today as the week progresses. Pete Carroll says that Carlos Hyde's hamstring tightness is is no big deal. So we'll see. We will see. Um, so with that being said, that covers everything from this past week. Um, do you have any anything, any thoughts you want to close on? Um, no, it, it's, uh, you know, Seattle versus San Francisco. Uh, those are always fun. And, uh, you know, both teams are pretty banged up. Uh, the uh, 49ers have a lot of starters on IR and the Seahawks injury report today. Let's call it lengthy. So, um, yeah, it, it's not, you know, you're not getting the A-plus version of either team, but it's still Seattle versus San Francisco. Um, they should have flexed that game. Uh, I mean, but, hey, I guess it's worth it because we get to watch Dallas and Philadelphia on Sunday Night Football. So <laughs> might want to skip that one. Anyways, after having to watch Philadelphia and New York on Thursday Night Football, I uh, oh boy, uh, yeah, I don't even know. Thursday night game this week is Atlanta, Carolina. I think yes, that's sir. A pretty fun matchup. That's a pretty yeah. fun matchup. So, yeah, not 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 too bad. Uh, Seattle versus San Francisco is always a fun week. So, uh, no, nah, I I think I'm good. Um, you know, we're uh, I I will say this. I, I looked at this today. Um, there are ten teams in the league right now that have somewhere between six to eight wins, 10 of the 14. And no team has fewer than five. Mm -hmm. No team has more than nine. This thing's wide open, guys. It is wide open. So uh, keep fighting. That's literally what I was going to just mention. I was going to say, you know, we've got nine teams at 500 or better. Mm -hmm. The bulk of them have either seven or eight wins. Um, and like you said, nobody worse than five. So it's crazy that we've made it here through seven weeks. And, you know, we're, we're going to start coming down the home stretch of the fantasy regular season before too long. It's going to be here. But we've still got a lot of football to be played. And we're going to see week by week by week, the standings are going to continue to shift. And we're going to... You know, the playoff picture is going to begin to crystallize before our very eyes. Um, so keep your nose to the grindstone because um, a lot can change. A lot can change quick. You know, it was just yesterday, felt like it was just yesterday that I was sitting on, on the, the throne. And now... I'm having to crawl back into this thing. So, yeah. So, don't blink is all I'm saying. I so, mean, 4 weeks ago TJ was 0 and 6 and we were talking about how it was a must win week for him. If the season ended today, he'd be in the playoffs. There so, you go. Uh, that's a great take, that's a great example actually. Only takes a month. So, with Half, that just past the halfway point, guys. Keep fighting. Indeed. So, with that being said, this is your boy, Matty G, the low-key OG, reminding you 
to get your Omega-3s and go Hawks. Go Hawks.